When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the War Report. It's Thursday. As always, joining me is my girl, Brandy Mack, and my guy, Auburn Means. We're talking a little Auburn quarterback race today. Before we get started, quick word from our sponsors. Treat your boys. Chill Boys Underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys Underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys Underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Guys, Auburn has not named a starting quarterback as of the recording of this podcast. The race seems to be down to Robbie Ashford and incumbent T.J. Finley. I want to get the discussion started with a simple question. Is it a good thing or bad thing that they did not name a starting quarterback on Tuesday? Brandy, what do you think? You know, I think that's a good thing because that to me shows that there's a true quarterback race going on right now. And there seems like we're down to two and there's two guys who are fighting for it day in and day out in camp. So I actually think that's a good thing and they're not making a premature decision necessarily. So actually, yeah, I think that's a good thing. And I'm excited when an official announcement is made. But for now, I think just waiting back trusting in the coaches and understanding there actually is a true quarterback race going on is going to pay off in the long term for Auburn. Memes, does it matter who starts week one versus Mercer or do you, should you have to galvanize the team around a guy going into game one uh, week preparations? Well, let's look at, let's let, let's let history answer that question. I think it absolutely matters because think about it every year that it has happened and they named a starter and it really wasn't the guy always some of the worst years we've had in pretty recent history. So if we're going to play, I'm all for kind of giving guys their chance or at least know by game two, hundred percent. Hey, this is our guy. Cause I remember you know, Jalen and Tua did that at Alabama a few years ago with, uh, I believe it was the 2017 Florida state game. And I just, we don't have Jalen or Tua on this roster. Let's be honest oh, here. How do we know, though? How do we know what Robbie Ashford is or isn't? I, here's a question for you. Is that more of a Gus thing? Is that a Gus mentality? Like, 
I, under Gus, yes. Whenever we didn't name a guy going into the season, it was, you know, historically a disaster. But should we be moving past that thought process now with Brian Harson? But it was 08 and 2012. I mean, you had a similar situation where they kind of had the, you did some of the quarterback carouseling. And I gave us even an 07 a little bit when they pulled Brandon Cox and tossed Cody Burns in there. So it's just, I would feel a lot better if they went into the season and said, hey, this is our guy. I would also feel better too. Let's just for this example, let's say it's TJ and, and Robbie. I do think you got to let the other guy play some just to really know for sure and kind of reward them for that good practice and let them give a chance to show who it is. I think, and I'm going to kind of be contrarian to the question you asked Brandy. I think if it is a situation where it truly is a two quarterback battle thus far, I think that might be a bad thing because it just means no one was able to really bridge that gap. And I don't know if that is because everybody stepped up and is really, really good or we're picking best from the worst situation right now. It can be both ways. I'm not trying to say it is this or that, but the latter is a lot more dangerous for Auburn. Well, I think this, and Brandy, I want to get your thoughts on this. Robbie Ashford presents a very different dynamic at quarterback. I think maybe trying to determine which direction to go is more about you don't know what you have in Robbie Ashford because a big part of his game is that he is athletic and mobile, but you're, you can't go live with your quarterbacks in camp. So, you know, I remember from uh, before the 2010 season, they had that problem with Cam. He would take off running and Chizik would say, see, we don't know if that would have been a five-yard gain or a 90-yard gain. Like, we don't know. So, you know, how much of it is that you can't really evaluate Robbie Ashford the same way you can evaluate TJ Finley and Kim. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Since Robbie does present a dual threat quarterback, he absolutely will get more shine in an in-game scenario. So while yes, they're obviously going to name a starter before the Mercer game, we are a hundred percent absolutely going to see both TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford play whether a decision for who is our starting quarterback the remainder of the season is made after that game will be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, and, you know, maybe even after the second game too, luckily we do have a nice um, one, two game stretch that we can figure out who that QB one is going to be before the Penn state game. So I think both Mercer and San Jose state are going to be really telling for who's going to be QB1 going into Penn State. So I don't think it necessarily matters who's QB1 going into Mercer, San Jose State, um, but what those what TJ and what Robbie do on the field is going to matter more in those games than what's going on right now. Right. I think best-case scenario, both quarterbacks look crazy good when they get their chance during Mercer. You know, TJ yeah. Finley's got his own game, so he goes in, he kills it for a half. Robbie Asher comes in, and it's like, wow, holy crap, who's going to catch that guy? He is a whole-ass problem for the defense. We've heard that from Auburn's defensive players in our Building Rapport series. They have said when Robbie Ashford goes in, everyone's like, nine's in the game, nine's in the game. You strap up. So I, I, obviously people recognize the mismatch that Robbie Ashford can be on the football field, but that's the best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, TJ doesn't look great. Robbie gets in, and then he doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> so that is uh that's the worst case. I think that memes fears may be yeah, I just I just want to log on the message boards and just see the first post that just says burn Holden Garner's red shirt. 
Like that's that's <laughs> that's what I want to see right. after game one. Like I, I want to see that type of fan just just absolute meltdown. And that's where if we see that post on a message board, that's worst case scenario. Yeah. Message boards suck. No offense to our guys that run message boards because there's a <laughs> lot of them. But message board culture, uh, we're gonna do a whole we talked about this. We're gonna do a whole episode on message board culture at some point. But message boards I think are ruining the fan base to some extent. Uh, just a lot of people who know less than nothing telling other people who know nothing what's going on. Uh, and I think that there is a glass half full, glass half empty way to look at the quarterback race right now. Um, the glass half full is you've got two guys who can do the jobs. They just have different skill sets. The glass half empty is nobody's taking control of the job so does it mean that they're just not that good or you know why can't somebody take control i want to kind of move toward the idea that we could have two guys who can do the job because this seems to be a thing with our fan base uh auburn fan base seems to be grappling with the idea that there could be two guys in the quarterback room who can get it done because traditionally there haven't been two guys the starter goes down and the season goes down that's how it's been for a long time. The last time we believed we had a viable backup, it was Jeremy Johnson because of the first half he had against Arkansas when Nick Marshall was suspended. Beyond that, Jeremy got a shot, and it just didn't pan out the way I think a lot of people thought it was going to pan out. Um, we maybe would have had a great backup if Gus could have convinced Malik to stay on this team or if he had started Malik, which is what I would have preferred and Bo had been the backup you know that might have been a good situation but you know after Malik left Joey Gatewood was not a capable viable backup uh last season TJ Finley came in and saved us from national embarrassment versus Georgia State but ultimately when Bo went down he struggled over the last three games of this season why is it so hard under a new coach for fans, Brandy, to just accept that there could be two guys in here who could do the job. Yeah, I think that may be hard to accept because, one, what we saw on the field last year and the back half of the season with TJ, and then, two, because Robbie's coming in and is a new transfer and we haven't really seen anything, um, haven't seen anything at all, actually, in an actual game with him. So I think a combination of those two things is probably why. Um, and, you know, Auburn just hasn't, uh, like, Auburn hasn't had a good quarterback really since Nick Marshall. So it's been, I feel like it's been a, a long time. Hey, for, uh, that's Jarrett Stidham slander. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jarrett was a good quarterback. Damn I, it. He, I mean, he was an okay quarterback. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, but the, you know, the difference with Jarrett Stidham, if you compare him to like, say Robbie is, you know, we saw a lot of what Jarrett could do before he transferred to Auburn. So, right. Um, and, yeah. And so, you know, we really haven't seen what, Robbie can do outside of the spring game and the videos that we've seen on social media. We have seen what TJ can do. So I think fans may be like, well, they haven't named, you know, a starter yet. We kind of know what TJ can do based off of last year. Has he improved? Like Carson has said, is that just coach speak? Like, so I think there's just so many unknowns under this new staff that that plays a big part in it. And just the fact that we haven't really seen um, basically one of the guys that's in, in the quarterback race, we haven't really seen him out in an actual game yet. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to believe in what you haven't seen if your coaches 
don't have a history of producing because it's at Alabama, it just seems like they, they get the benefit of the doubt. Like everybody, nobody needed to see Bryce Young to understand that he was going to be good. Right? right. They had about the same amount of information on him before last season as we have on Robbie Ashford now. So, you know, what does what does Robbie Ashford have to do to win people over this season? What do, what does he need to do on the field to get people to start believing in the talent evaluation that this coaching staff is doing? So let me jump on this. I I, I want to be a little more optimistic because I think I came into this episode a little more pessimistic. <laughs> negative, nasty. Yeah, I came in a little hot. You know, I came in a little hot. And I'm not, I don't, I'm, not neg- I'm not a negative guy. I'm just King Sunshine Pumper, but I just. Yeah, there's something in the air tonight, so I want to calm down. I'll remind everybody of something. LSU in 2011 made it to a national championship while playing two quarterbacks an entire season. They did. It's, they not did. A, it's not an unprecedented thing to happen in the SEC or modern football. Unorthodox, yes, but not unprecedented. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be Brian Harson's bag, but it, it could work. They, they also scored. They also scored zero points in that national title game. For the record, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, talking, right. talking about the journey, not the <laughs> not the finish line. Okay, just want to make sure we we're accurate there. Anyway, uh, Alabama paid the refs that game, but the uh, the point for so we're talking about Robbie being the guy. Is that is that is that where we're trying to is that where I'm I'm trying to get my positivity on here? Yeah, or just that? Hey, man, this this even though we haven't seen it. The coaches brought this kid in, and they think that he can help the football team, but people are just not convinced that he can help the football team. Like, well, at what point do we start to just trust the talent eval of these coaches at that position? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think the key thing that everybody knows is, or everybody is reported on pretty much, like unanimously, is like, there's going to be packages for Robbie. So unless the coaches just decide, just decide to burn the playbook, just game one, it sounds pretty likely that he's going to get it or he gets in there and just completely screws the pooch and fumbles the ball three times in three plays. But if Robbie can get in there, and let's be real, we got two what should be pretty easy games, game one and game two, and especially if this defense is as good as they should be, offense should be getting a lot of time to put, a lot of time to play. Robbie's going to get some chances to play, and you got to seize those opportunities. And TJ... And let's be honest here. Not many quarterbacks get as many chances as TJ Finley's gotten in the SEC. So Robbie has got to come in there. If he wants to be the guy or he wants to play minutes or he wants to continue that battle, he's got to come in there, seize that moment, and take whatever the game can get him and maximize his potential. Has TJ really gotten a ton of chances, though? I'm talking with LSU. Okay, I'm talking right. with Auburn, and then now, I mean, this year again, I mean, that's that's three. Yeah, he's played less than a full season worth of games, though. And he was he won the backup role at LSU, and he got thrust into you know into duty because of injury. Same thing at Auburn, but he didn't have, get a spring with Auburn last year. He spent that at LSU, and this is actually the first full off season TJ Finley has had with one team. Right, so, and he may, and yeah, and he may, he could totally. And I said, and you know, I even said this when we filmed or recorded this a few months ago, that because I think a lot of fans had just automatically written LSU off, and I think actually all three of us pretty objectively was like, no, it's it's going to be a true battle, and I think time has shown us that that was a much better deal. But the problem is TJ, 
what was his last win? Was that Arkansas in 2020, I believe? As a, you know, as a starting quarterback, not someone that came in during relief time. So that is just, that's a lot of uphill battle to climb just from the perspective standpoint. So not to saying it can't be done given the seasonal development, but there's some guys that they get into a game, they blow their chance and there's not another off season to come in. There's not a, there's not going to be a situation where like in this case, the three-year starting quarterback transfers out and TJ has most definitely not given up and he bet on himself and he hadn't written himself off. But every single guy in this quarterback room is going to have something to prove. And hopefully they'll all three get to play in these first game or two. And we'll really see come game time, how they maximize what that's going to be. I think we're all feeling that TJ is probably going to be starting that first game, but we're not coaches. We don't officially know, but it just keeping the question Robbie centric. If it's going to be Robbie getting in there, getting those packages, he can't. I mean, there's really just no room for error for him. Yeah, I will see. I don't know about that. Here's here's my thing with 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 Robbie is is that people who are worried about whether T.J. Finley is going to lead us to a five and seven season or something. To me, that's an irrational worry because if we're on a five game trajectory with him as quarterback, they're going to bench him. He's going to be benched, and we'll know that hopefully before Georgia, right? So if you come out of that first five-game stretch three and two, you're on a five- to six-game trajectory based on how the rest of the schedule projects. So if you come out four and one, you you maybe have some questions. My biggest thing will be, are we winning because of our quarterback or in spite of our quarterback? I think if we're winning in spite of them, then you bench them and you see what the other guys got. And in case of emergency, you got another guy who won eight games in this division last year who can step in for them. So they really do have three options there at quarterback, which not a lot of people have. But six schools in the SEC last year went to their number two quarterback for significant snaps at some point during the season, whether it was for injury or poor play or whatever, right? Um, So you you have to have a plan B at quarterback. You need to have a viable plan B at quarterback if you expect to go far. Uh, You know, we've said it on this podcast before, Georgia won a national title, and the guy who took him there lost the job in camp. He lost the job in camp to JT Daniels, now to injury, mind you, but after he got healthy, it was they didn't just insert him back in there. They decided to ride with Stetson Bennett all the way to a national title. So the evaluations, it'll be interesting to see how this goes down. Uh, you know, Brandy, let's talk, let's talk odds here for a second. Right. On on, on. our guy Robbie Ashford. Okay. Right. Uh now if you had to put some odds on it, plus five thousand, plus eight thousand, shit, <laughs> plus five hundred, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the odds that Robbie Ashford starts at least six games this season? Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together.
Yeah. So at least six games, you know, if, if he's going to start that, yeah. So if he's going to start that many, we're going to go ahead and assume that he won the quarterback battle. So really we'd be asking, you know, who's going to be named QB one or who rather will be starting Penn state game is Mm -hmm. rather what I I would like to say there. Um, I would say odds there would probably be plus 500. So five to one, I think right now. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. I think it's, TJ played for Auburn last year. He knows the playbook and reports out of camp are saying that he's improved. So I think he'd be, you know, probably like a minus 110 favorite. And then with what we've been hearing about Zach Calzada, I'd say he'd be a pretty long shot at plus 2,500, 25 to 1 to play six plus games. So, and I would actually take that bet on Robbie. I think that Robbie's going to be our starting quarterback come the Penn State game. Okay. Um, I just think that, you know, his style of play fits Auburn's offense and our identity on offense that we've had for a really long time. And it's clear that there hasn't been one person that has just taken this quarterback race, like, by the reins and is the clear, like, front runner. Um So I think if, you know, that had been the case, TJ would have already been named the starter or somebody would have already been named the starter, but it's clear there's a legitimate race going on. And I think that there's, um, I I think that holds a lot of weight. So I would not be surprised at all to see Robbie as QB one come Penn state game. And I would actually take that bet. Mm, Okay. All right. So what do you need to see? What do you guys need to see from these quarterbacks to feel confident about the over that we all very loudly have taken on on this Auburn team this season, which was, depending on when you got in, either six or seven wins. Uh, Brandy, you and I got in at five and a half. The yeah. line quickly moved <laughs> to six and a half after people started dropping bags on six wins. Um, you know, what do you guys need to see from the quarterback to feel comfortable about how that over projects? Yeah, I, I definitely need to see some good decision making. Um, I feel like Auburn, when they've had younger quarterbacks, really struggled in making in-game decisions. So I really need to see some good decision-making and really just need to see some more and better first downs, like find a way to battle to get there. If that means you have to do it yourself, you have to do it yourself. Um, I mean, that's really the big thing for me. And then I think our offensive line just has to do their job too. We've really struggled on that front as well. I think if the offensive line can do their job and open it up for either TJ or Robbie to be themselves comfortably, then we're, we're going to be in good shape. That's, that's what I would need to feel confident on that bet. Still memes. What do you need to see from these guys to feel good about talking some shit on Auburn Twitter? This you want a season is pessimist or optimist me. Who, who do we want right now? We want optimist because you're going to be talking shit to other fan bases. Okay. Okay. What I need to see is game three, the guy. I really want it by game two, to be honest. Like, I don't want us to be doing the quarterback carousel too, too much longer. Mm. Just I've been burned with that in years past. I was a student in 2012. I just saw the, all right, just Oprah style. You're quarterback. Now you're the quarterback. Now you're the quarterback. Don't want that. Get the guy. Live and die by it. I'll be honest with you. If I told you I was feeling great about what was going on, but I'm going to, you told me to be the optimist here. I think we just need to get a guy, and they need to get a game plan that surrounds them. I've said this. I'm going to say it again. If TJ's going to be QB1, just because we, we don't know about Robbie's play yet. He hasn't started or he hasn't played as a quarterback in college yet. So we have ideas of what Robbie could and should be, but 
since we haven't actually really seen him out there in game time outside of A Day, mm-hmm. we don't really know. So I'm going to stick with just TJ for right here. If it's going to be TJ, I don't want to see more than 30 passes a game. I want to keep those attempts under 30. Okay. I want to keep them in the 20s. I would love those to be much more efficient and smart throws. And then maybe throughout the season, if that opens up the running game and we're really getting the running game, toss it out there if the opportunity comes up on the defense. But we do not need to be doing what Bobo and Morris did the past two years of just high 30s, 40s passes a game because those are always the worst games Auburn had because they got back to in the corner. And yeah, they were playing from behind. When they yeah. couldn't throw. And if they if this playbook is going to put us in that corner again. I honestly don't think it really matters who the quarterback is because we're just going to get toasted. This offense has got to surround that running game, and we just got to get a quarterback in there that plays smart and makes smart throws. And hypothetically, any of the three of them could do that with the added bonus of what Robbie can do with his legs. But I still think the formula, until I'm proven otherwise, is I want to see low, efficient pass attempts and get rid of that ball. Don't take those negative plays. And if TJ's game has progressed enough, because that's what everybody's saying, is everybody's saying, we got smart TJ, he knows the offense, he's getting people here, there, and he's moving things around, and it seems like he's getting it between the ears really well. We need to see TJ get it when he's got 280-pound defensive end flying at him at 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. So, that's what we need. Yeah, I think, uh, I agree with all that. At the end of the day, if you're a pocket passer, you have to be able to stand in and take hits. Uh, we've seen it with some of the better quarterbacks in the SEC over the last 10 years. I think you know fans complain about he's going to get sacked a lot. He's going to get sacked a lot. I hate that. Uh, you know, Jared Stidham, 2017, he got sacked 36 times. Right, that's one of the better quarterback seasons we've had since Nick Marshall. Um, uh, Joe Burrow and his Heisman season, it was high 30s, man. It was somewhere between 36 and 38 sacks he took on the best offense of all time. <laughs> so at the end of the day, taking sacks is not really what concerns me. It's more that when the opportunities are there, you make those throws. Right. You know, and, you know, if the line doesn't hold up, he needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Hopefully they call an offense that allows him to do that. But I could completely understand anybody who has hesitation going into the season about what we're going to see. That is completely normal. What I will not endorse is crapping on a guy before we've seen it on the field. If you're a pessimist, you may be right. But as a fan, I think we should be hopeful for Auburn that he has taken that next step as a quarterback if he's going to be the guy. And then if he's not the guy, that the next guy is something that maybe we didn't foresee. But we like how it turned out. I mean, if anybody's telling you that they knew Nick Marshall was going to be Nick Marshall before 2013, they're <laughs> lying. They're lying, right? This was a guy who played DB at Georgia, quarterback at you know community college. I think it was a Garden State Community College, somewhere in Kansas. And then Gus decided that he should be a quarterback, and he came here and he killed it. Now, he didn't have the most accurate arm, but he was dynamic with his legs. And having a guy who can create... I think will be something that may save this coaching staff this season. If all things, if Robbie Ashford turns into Nick Marshall 2.0, we're in for one hell of a ride as a fan base. Now you're listening to the Auburn express powered by the war report. So when you're listening, you're always into one hell of a ride here with my girl, Brandy Mack and my guy, Auburn memes, 
Guys, hit us up on social media. Tell us what you think about this quarterback race. You can find us on YouTube. We are The War Report. And you can go to our website, which is live now, thewarreport.com. Find all our content there at thewarreport.com. Make that a part of your daily routine, warreport.com. We appreciate you guys for listening. We're out. We'll be see you guys next week. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.